0: Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now, in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, He's going to do it. Enjoy today's message.
1: Psalm 100 says this Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God, and it is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I love this. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. I love what Henry Van Dyke said. He said, gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received. Thankfulness is the natural impulse to express that feeling. Thanksgiving is following that impulse. It's one thing to be grateful. It's one thing to be thankful and know that you're blessed. It's another to express it. To be intentional about expressing thanksgiving. And when you begin to offer thanksgiving, the Bible said, There's some things that happen in your life. The Bible teaches us that through our thanksgiving and through our praise, some things begin to transpire. First of all, if if you walk in a place of praise and thanksgiving, your attitude adjusts. I don't know about you, but there are times I've had a bad attitude. Maybe even this morning. Not you, me. But, But, you know... Praise has the ability to adjust our attitude so that our attitude is right. Not only does it adjust our attitude, it adjusts our perspective. It allows us to see the way God sees. That's why David, who we're going to talk about in a few moments, said, let's magnify the Lord together. It wasn't that we make God bigger. It's that God becomes uh, clearer in focus as we worship him and we praise him. Uh, Praise allows my faith to grow. I'm telling you, there is nothing that will grow your faith than thinking about the goodness of the Lord. When you begin to dwell on who he is, his attributes, and what he's done in your life, it causes your faith to grow. It's like adding fertilizer to your faith where it begins to grow and be expand. And there's some things that happen when your faith grows. First of all, the Bible teaches us through the growing of our faith, we are taught and we mature. But then we understand that mountains and things that are in our way and in our path to purpose, they are moved by our faith. But the Bible also teaches me that faith moves God. And if I want God to move on my behalf, my faith must increase there is nothing that will grow your faith more than your declaration not only does my faith grow but praise silences the enemy the bible tells me it has the way uh, there's nothing that will shut the adversary and the devil up quicker in your life than you offering praise to god he doesn't know what to do with you when he's come against you on every side and you still are worshiping god and there is still a praise in your mouth this silences the enemy Three of you believe that. Amen. That's good. (laughs) Praise takes me into the presence of God. It allows the gates of the kingdom to open so that I can walk in freely and boldly, the Bible said. And I can come to the throne of grace knowing that the God of eternity and the God of creation is working for me. That he's doing battle on my behalf. That he's declaring my name. I am telling you, the Bible tells me that we have the ability to walk into God's throne room through the gates of praise. And with the heart of thanksgiving knowing that he alone is God. He is our creator. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. And we walk in in a spirit of thanksgiving with a heart of gladness. We can declare that the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. It silences the enemy. It causes my faith to grow. and it becomes a gateway to God's presence. We talked about David a few weeks ago, and a story that we, most of us have learned, if you've been in church at all, um, from even a child about David and Goliath. Even people that do not go to church, they know about David and Goliath. Uh, just a simple story. And, and, and it's about this young boy that picks up a rock and defeats a giant with a sling. But before he ever got to this point, the Bible teaches us that he was anointed to become a king. He came out of a field, and the Bible said there was an anointing released in his life, and God spoke a word over him, a prophetic word, that one day he would reign and rule over Israel. But the Bible also teaches us that it was 15 years from the anointing of his life to the day his purpose was fulfilled. 15 years. And along the journey, he did different things. He watched sheep, he served his brothers. He served his father. He served the king that was in place. And the Bible teaches us that he walked out one day on a battlefield, looked at a giant that was standing there, a giant named Goliath, reached in a bag, pulled out a rock, looked at the giant, and said, today will be your last day. Not because I come to you with a sword or a spear, but I come to you in the name. There it is right there, your declaration. I come to you in the name that is above all names, the name of the Lord. Pulled out a rock, put it in a sling, and defeated a giant, took the giant sword, cut the head off, of the giant and he carried the head around the bible said and even went back to the king and said is this the giant that has tried to defeat you now watch this young boy nobody thought he had it in him nobody saw the purpose in his life he defeated a giant it's all good i'm telling you when you're defeating giants life is good when you're walking in your purpose, life is good. When you feel like it's all coming together, life is good. Everything is coming together for David. This young man now has a public platform. They begin to sing about David. They saying, Saul has killed his thousands. That's the king that is on the throne. But then they said this, David, his tens of thousands. The problem was David liked it, but Saul did not. Not everybody will like the moments of your life where you are walking in God's blessing. There are some haters out there. And, and not everybody will celebrate God's goodness in your life. And the Bible said Saul did not like it, but Saul should have really understood it was God's plan because it should be every generation's desire that the next generation is blessed. More than this generation, I pray that my daughters and, and my and my daughter 's children I pray that they 're blessed beyond what God has ever done in my life. It should have really been a biblical principle to saul yes we have we have done well, but the next generation will do even better, but it did not. Pride rose up in Saul, and the Bible said that he began to throw javelins at David, he sought to kill David, but the Bible said David behaved wisely. I am telling you. The way you behave in moments of battle and conflict in your life will either propel you into destiny or it will derail your destiny. This is what the Bible said, David behaved Wisely, And the Bible said he began to duck and weave when the spears and the javelins came. Some of you need the anointing to duck and weave. Because you've been trying to fight with the enemies of your life and it does you no good. You've been trying to battle in your flesh. But sometimes you just have to move out of the way and keep going. Sometimes you just have to keep your mouth shut and keep going. Sometimes you just have to keep doing what God has called you to do. And the Bible said he began to duck and weave. But then he begins to run for his life. And here's where we are today. David is running for his life. The one that wrote many of the Psalms. The one that the Bible would call the chief praiser. A man that was after God's own heart. A heart of worship. He is on the run for his very life. And the Bible said he became faint. He was very weary. He was ready to give up. And the Bible said he encountered the priest named Elimelech. And the Bible said when they encountered one another. David asked some questions. First he desired to find out if they had any food because he was weary. And then he inquired, is there any weapons here? And this is what the scripture says to us in the book of Samuel. Chapter 21. And David asked Elimelech, do you have a spear or a sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't have time to grab a weapon. Really what he was saying was, I had to get out of there before he killed me. I had to, I had to leave quickly. Verse 9. This is what the priest says. I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, who you killed in the valley of Eli. The priest replied, It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take it if you want it, for there is no other weapons here. And then David said, Bring it to me. There is none like it in the land. This is what happens. David is on the run, David is journeying. And we find out in this journey, that David becomes weary and he doesn't have the gleam in his eye and he doesn't have the edge and he doesn't have the spirit now of a giant killer. And he comes into the presence of the priest and he asks, are there any weapons here? I'm defenseless. And this is what the priest replied. He said, there's only one. It's really not a weapon. It's a trophy. We keep it here in honor of your great victory. It's really not even something we would use in battle because we're a house of worship, so there are no weapons in this house of worship, but we keep it as a memorial and a trophy. He said, where is it? He said, it's wrapped in a cloth, behind the ephod now you have to understand the ephod was very significant David would wear the ephod when he danced in the presence of God and he brought the ark of the covenant into the presence of God an ephod was what a priest wore when he walked into the presence of God David knew right then two things there's a weapon and it's connected to my worship it's a weapon of praise it's a weapon of past testimony and it's wrapped in a cloth and it's connected to the ephod the garment I would wear The Bible teaches me that there are times in my life I have to put a garment of praise on, even in the, in the, in the, in spite of the heaviness that is on my life and the battle that I am walking through. And David said, Bring me the weapon. There is none like it in the land. David wasn't saying there's never been a better weapon crafted. David did not say it was the largest weapon ever made. What he was saying was, Bring it to me because I remember that weapon. It was the weapon that I took from the giant that was trying to destroy my life it was a weapon that I took from the giant that was standing in the path to God's purpose in my life it was a weapon that I took that day when no one else was willing to go out and fight he said bring it to me there's none like it in the land and I can see as David encounters that weapon once again and in a moment he was transported back to the day he was just a young boy 15 years of age standing on a hillside and a giant reward day and night and David pulled out a simple rock, put it in a simple sling and defeated Goliath, walked over, pulled out a sword of Goliath and the Bible said he took Goliath's head. In a moment, David was transported back to that moment that he had the spirit of a giant killer. He said, bring it back to me. There's none like it. There's some of you here today, you're having trouble seeing where you're going, but there is something about going back to where we came from and remembering what God has done in our life, how he saved us, how he delivered us, how he moved in our family, how he spoke a word over our children, how he gave us that promise that God was going to work on our behalf. David said, bring me the sword. He said, there's none like it in the land. He said, that was the moment that that God moved in such a way because, see, that was the moment where David began to progress in his purpose. The Bible teaches us David never went back back to the field to watch she David never went back to the house of Jesse but David began to move closer to that purpose that God had called him for and there are some of you in here today you've lost the look of a giant killer you've lost that edge and you're not walking in your purpose but the minute you grab hold of the testimonies of God and you begin to rehearse the goodness of God and you begin to remind yourself who you serve he is God and God alone he is God all by himself he is Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisei. He's not only the creator of the universe, but he's my king and my lord. And I begin to remind myself that in him, I can do all things. In him, I have the power and the authority to walk in my purpose. David said, bring it to me. The minute that he took hold of the hand, the sword of Goliath, the sword of Goliath in the hand of David became a mighty weapon It wasn't about the metal blade. It was about the encounter with God he had in a valley. It wasn't about the sword that was wrapped in cloth. But it was about the testimony that was connected to that sword. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that we have been made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, by Jesus and the word of our testimony. What is that testimony? It's a testimony that by the grace of God, I'm not who I used to be. It's a testimony that by the grace of God, I am more than an overcomer. By the grace of God, the promises that are available to me are rich and they are deep. And by, by the word of God and by the grace of God and by the presence of God in my life, David said, bring it to me. It takes me back to the moment I was anointed to be king. It takes me back to that moment where God was on full display in my life. It reminds me of who I am. David said there is none like it in the land. They brought it to David and the Bible said the spirit of David began to grow and begin to arise. The men around him were encouraged when they saw David with the look of a giant killer once again. And sometimes we forget that people are watching our life and there are eyes on us and, and our praise is silent. But I want you to remember this. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. David began to write in Psalm 27. I love this. He said, the Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an army would encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war would rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he will hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above the enemies all around me. Therefore, I will sacrifice With sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle, I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. You said, seek my face. And my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and mother have forsaken me, the Lord, you will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in your smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and such breathe out violence. I would have lost heart. Here it is right here. I would have fainted unless I had believed. That I would see, not that I have seen, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. David said, I would have lost it. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel, but I begin to believe again that God was going to show up. I begin to believe that he was getting ready to move in a new way for a new season. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given up on my promise. I would have given up on my family. I would have given up on my purpose, but I believe that God was getting ready to move I'm telling you, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. That's why the Bible says, in all things give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. He didn't say for all things. There are some things in my life that I do not thank God for. There's some things I've walked through that I do not thank God. But I can't thank Him in the situation. That's why David said, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You're in the valley. You're in the problem you're in the fire and he declared i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth this is what the bible teaches over and over about david david would constantly remind himself of the goodness of the lord because you're going to have dark days and you're going to have days where you feel exalted days where people are singing your praise it's sometimes hard to keep right perspective when everybody is blessing you when you begin to think it's you, he said, it is he who created us and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. This is all his. We're just stewards of it. It's easy sometimes to forget in moments of blessing who has blessed us. But it's also hard sometimes to see God in our dark places where we feel weak and faint. David says, if I keep balance and perspective, when I'm high on the mountain, I remember God took me to the mountain. And when I'm low in the valley, I remind myself that God is with me in the valley. And when I'm just breathing, breathing through life, I'm reminded that he never leaves me nor forsakes me. And I constantly remind myself that he is my portion. So he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Here it is. His praise shall be in my mouth. His praise shall be in my mouth. I would have fainted unless I had believed that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We walked into this season believing that God was going to Not only to reveal himself, but he was going to cover us and that he was going to open doors and speak peace to troubled places. And some of you in here today, your answer is not in your next church service you will attend. It's not in the next sermon you will hear. It's not in the next self-help book you will read. But it's in the declaration of your mouth. It's in those things that you will speak life to and breathe life to. Those things that God has called you and I to undergird with our declaration. What the sword of Goliath was in the hand of David, it was not a piece of metal, but it was a place of victory. And the moment he grabbed hold of it, he was transported back to a place in a valley where as a young man a small rock defeated a giant. One sword was not enough for Saul's army. One sword was not enough for the adversary that was warring against him. But the testimony connected to that sword was more than enough. The declaration that was behind what God can do with small things. When you believe that it's in the bag. Were you just at a place where you just dare to trust and believe? Because at this moment, David's faint. But there was a day he just had radical faith. And just believed that he could roll out on the battlefield. Only having a rock and a sling. And look at a giant that others were fearful to fight. And the minute he opened his mouth, he believed it was time. He looked at John and said, today will be your last day. Not because I come with a sword or a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come on, jump to your feet this afternoon. Jump to your feet this afternoon. We're going to pray. We're going to worship for a few moments. And this is what we're going to do. We're just going to believe that the declaration of your mouth And the authority that is in our voice. Maybe for some of you, you have to go back and find testimonies of old places. Because you're having trouble seeing God in the now. I find that old testimony build bridges to new seasons. Old testimonies. Put this away before I cut somebody. I actually carry that in my car for protection. No, I don't. It's hard to get out when somebody comes, you know. So, So don't cut me off. Old places of victory in your life and old places of promise where God settled and accomplished and built a platform of testimony in you, they will become bridges, And sometimes all you have is a testimony of what God has already done. This is what the Bible said. Jonah, everybody remember Jonah? Jonah was a guy that God had a mission for. Jonah did not want to go on that mission. So he, the Bible said, paid a fare and went the opposite direction. It always costs you when you flee from God's purpose. It always costs you when you flee from God's presence. He went the opposite direction, the Bible said, from God's presence. The Bible said he encountered a storm. The storm was so bad, finally, he looked at the other men on the boat and said, Hey, I'm the problem. He said, Throw me overboard. They didn't think it was what he was saying was right, so they began to throw stuff overboard. It got worse. Jonah said, I'm telling you, it's me. Throw me overboard. But finally, said, Okay. Threw Jonah overboard. And this is what the Bible said. God had prepared a great fish, swallowed up Jonah. And the Bible said, in the belly of the whale, Jonah began to offer thanksgiving. I can hardly eat in a fish market, let alone (laughs) the belly of a whale. He's in the belly of a whale. And the Bible says, in all things. He's actually in the belly of a whale. In all things give thanks, for it is the will of God concerning you. Just maybe Jonah began to think, I went the wrong way, but God had a plan. He created a fish large enough to swallow me. And he was reminded about God's ultimate plan. And he began to offer thanks from the belly of And this is what the Bible says, crazy. It's in your Bible, read it. It said God spoke to the fish and it brought Jonah right to the place of his purpose and it spit him right up on the shore. His declaration in the fish caused God to speak to the fish and redirect him in alignment with his purpose. David said, I'm in a battle. Bring me that sword. It's more about the metal in my hand. It's about the testimony in my mouth. And some of you in this place today, God wants to reestablish himself through your testimony and through your declaration and through the word of your mouth. So when you get up tomorrow and the church is not here and the crowd is not here and the the group uh, of believers that you're sitting by are not surrounding you and there's not a worship team and there's not a pastor and you're not at City Life Church, but you're at your house and it feels like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong get up and grab hold of a past testimony. Grab hold of the sword of Goliath. Open your mouth and remind yourself that he's a good God. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He's a saving God. He's a delivering God. He's a freeing God. He's God all by himself. He is our creator. He is our king. And when you begin to do that, I'm telling you, it silences the enemy. Your faith begins to build. Your perspective begins to change. And you walk with the spirit of a giant killer realizing that no weapon formed against you has the ability to prosper everything that rises against you it must fall and you begin to believe the word of the lord about your life so father i pray today believing father that the word you have spoken over us and the plan and the purpose you have for us are greater than the giants that are standing in our path And I pray today, Father, as we release a declaration of who you are and we walk in a spirit of thanksgiving, Father, as giants begin to fall in our future and we stand on the platform of what you've done in the past, Father, I pray that your will would be accomplished in each of our lives. Wherever we're walking today, let us stand in that place in a spirit of thanksgiving. Whether it's our greatest season, that we've ever walked in. Father, our prayer should be at another level. But if we're walking through a dark place right now, let us be reminded of your goodness
0: in our life. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.